Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today we will be discussing The God Complex. Um, and just a moment, before we do, I want to remind everybody that we are from the website GeekShowEntertainment.com, where we like geeky stuff, and occasionally we talk about said geeky stuff, like Doctor Who, on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion, as well as Movie Night at Geek Show, Have You Met Ted?, a couple of geeks and super geeks, and you can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes, articles, and audio blogs that we regularly post on the site. If you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, or even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review. iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. Alright, so uh, the God Complex came out, and um, I guess, look guys, uh, I don't normally preface this because you guys should know better at this point, but um, I should say that there are going to be spoilers in this, and pretty major ones, so... We're going to be talking about some of the major things that happen in the God Complex. So if you um, haven't seen it, probably shouldn't listen to this. Just saying. <laughs> um, all right. So let's let's get our overall thoughts, and then we'll go into details after the sponsor spots. Uh, Matt, you tweeted me – or not tweeted, but you texted me right after watching this. And I had, had the exact same thought, which is, dear God, dear God – does T- Toby Woodhouse need to take over a showrunner when yeah. when Stephen Moffat leaves? Oh yeah, wow, oh yeah, wow. It's ridiculous. Like this episode was so like pure Doctor Who awesome. Like just just all together, and it was one of the best. Uh, I will say uh, departures that I've seen on the show on the new show. Like, it felt so old school. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it just it felt like old, an old Who departure. It was awesome. Especially because you didn't see it coming. No. But watching it again, it's obvious across the board that yeah. I should have seen it coming. It's awesome. It's yeah. great. It really, really is. So, so good. Um, yeah, I love this. I love this. And I've heard that there's a reference to the Horns of Nyman. Is that true? Because I yes, didn't catch it. Yeah, What's yeah. the reference? There's a there's a point where um, uh, the doctor says that the um, the Minotaur is a distant cousin to the Nymon. Um, oh, 
Yeah, he actually says that. It's an actual quote from the episode. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't even – I never heard it. I guess yeah. he, Matt Smith talks so fast. Sometimes yeah. it's hard. <laughs> it was at the very end where he's looking at the screen. Um, oh. No, you're right. This is this – is, <gasps> it's both old school. It's new school. It's got all the stuff that I love about Doctor Who. I still think I, – I really do think that last week's was better. But, like, the thing about Toby Whithouse specifically that makes him so awesome is – Toby Woodhouse knows how to just do a good story and a solid story. Like, I've never been let down by his stories. I think I was let down by um, School Reunion the first time, but that's just because I didn't know what I was expecting. Um, uh, I, I, so, that, I felt exactly the same way about mm-hmm. that episode. That's exactly and now it. I love it. Now oh, I think School Reunion is totally. dope. You um, wa- you watch it now and you're just like, oh my god, this is so good. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I thought it was a waste of Anthony Stewart head. Not true. Um... But Whithouse, like, Whithouse is getting better. This is his best episode by far. Oh, yeah. And, like, just going through it, like, I watched it last night and was just kind of blown away. Watching it again today, like, it was even better the second time. Because, um, uh, we'll talk about Nick Hearn later, but um, just, like, great discussion of Faith great characters, great character development, great ideas, great thematics, um great resolution great moments great dialogue it just it had everything you could ever want out of a doctor who story um almost more so than any other story from this season um it was resolved in a way that was believable for the doctor like it wasn't like i mean my one semi-criticism of vampires in venice is that it's solved because the doctor literally flicks a switch right (laughs) but um but like this like the the solution was so smart um and so brilliant, and a callback to um, uh, the Curse of Fenric, uh, if you remember, because I know you've seen the Curse of Fenric, yeah. uh, where the Doctor has to break the faith of his companion. Um, kind of a nice callback, but also really strong and very specific to the story, um, and a good character moment for the Doctor. Because like in Fenric, my problem with it is the Doctor just does it because he wants to win, but in this, the Doctor's literally almost being humbled. At, in the moment like he's it's a very genuine moment from Matt Smith and it's almost like that moment from Fenric done right in my opinion um, just amazingly good and we'll talk more about specifics I know I've already started to get into specifics sorry um, but <sighs> this second half of the season like it it's uh, no I'll save that for later this second half of the season is proving to be so much better than the first half uh-huh. and like this isn't even the best episode of the season but goddamn, if this was how good the show was always I wouldn't be complaining about this season as mm-hmm. I have been seemingly perpetually um just yes across the board yes god Toby Woodhouse yeah uh, he needs a show run Doctor Who so bad uh, and you haven't even watched his show no I haven't it's on my list, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you need to. You're going to love that show. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> going to love that show. Um, all right. So uh, I guess before we get into specifics, I want to remind everybody that uh, we're sponsored by InStockTrades.com. And this month at in InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, Stumptown, Volume 1 by Greg Rucka and Matthew Southworth. This book is available for only twenty ninety nine, which is 30% off the suggested retail price of twenty nine ninety nine. 
And uh, remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Also, DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all of your monthly comic book statues, action figures, and anything else you get from your local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Plus, when you pre-order your collected editions, you save 50% off those. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay $5.95 in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. All right, so uh, specifics. Let's just, uh, I mean, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with just like the, the adventure aspect of the episode, or do you want to just skip to the end? Uh, let's save the end for the end, because I think that that, will speak to a larger sort of thing. Cause like, okay. Um, cause that speaks towards the Moffat and the season as a whole. And I like kind of going from small to large. Um, so yeah, let's start with adventure specifically. Okay. Um, um I loved this and like <laughs> it, 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 it did remind me of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Um, mm-hmm. but it was, and it was actually, I don't know. It was less creepy than Bill and Ted's bogus journey. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think that was intentional because the whole point is that it's it's all of their personal fears, not yours. Um, right. So I mean that was good. I will say, uh, the doctor's door, the doctor's room. Um, I hate that we didn't see it because now that's all that anyone's talking about, and I hate that. Yeah, I hate that yeah. because I hate that everyone's obsessed with what did the doctor see. It's like it doesn't matter what he saw, like. Who cares? Everyone's like, is it River Song? I think it's the master. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, like if it mattered, they would have shown us. So, like, I hate when they do stuff like that because, like, that's all anybody talks about is the thing that they didn't see. And mm-hmm. it drives me up a wall. But anyway, um, I liked that the uh, – I liked the Weeping Angels being a uh, – like a uh, like a fake out for for Amy's room. Like, I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just, I, I loved the design of this episode too. Yeah. The look and of cheap. the hotel was great. Oh, super and cheap. cheap. Yeah. Like, cause there, you know, that there's really only one hallway and they just kept shooting it over and over and over again in one room and they just kept shooting it over and over and over again. I mean, really the whole thing is done on what the staircase, the hallway, the room, the and lobby and the cafe, the bar. Yeah. So essentially five sets for the whole thing. Like, and I love stories that are kind of like, it reminds me a lot of horror Fang rock almost uh, where it's so minimalist, but it doesn't feel like it. Like they really milk it. And there are times where you actually forget that um, you're, you're only in those five sets because it just feels so all encompassing. And that's a lot of Nick Hearn, like Nick Hearn directed the hell out of this. He did. Um, oh my God. When the people are, are, um, uh, or uh, uh, create like not creating, but like uh, gaining their faith in the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. That those those so creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. very off-putting. Which yeah. I really love. Like I love the um, like uh, Night Terrors is a lot more about being like kind of a thriller or a horror piece, and and last week is m- much more about the action adventure. This is very much about just trying to be unsettling. You know what I mean? Like trying like from from the instant like you don't expect like i was i had a lot of kind of expectations for the story but when they started saying praise him i was like this suddenly went in a different direction that i wasn't expecting uh-huh. and in the first two minutes um and i love that i love that you know Whithouse was constantly playing with our expectations throughout the whole thing um um yeah i love the characters he created i think that um 
the nurse chick was great, especially oh, because yeah. it's a classic fake out of this is another person who could be a companion. Um, uh, and in the episode where the companion exits, coincidence? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, but, and like they killed her off, which was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, uh, I Hers thought, was also the creepiest. Praise him cutscene. Oh yeah, the the giggling and the creepy. Oh man, whoo! <laughs> she can so do lying. creepy. I was like, man, I kind of wish you were a companion because, like, <laughs> the scenes where you would inevitably get possessed by something or other. Yeah. It'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um I didn't really think so much of the uh the the gambler or the conspiracies kid cuz like really they were just there to get killed off. Sure. Um but I thought that uh the the random alien that they created oh my was God. so funny. Like he had for me the biggest laugh out loud line in the whole episode when they're in the um the space station at the very end and Rory's looking out the thing and he's kind of admiring space and the guy's just like yeah you see that planet right there and then and Rory's like yeah he's like that's where I'm from I literally just laughed out loud I just <laughs> I thought it was so funny because he was so proud of his planet yeah like just it was just a goofy sort of throwaway line that I just loved yeah um, oh my god I, I do want to say this like this episode is the first episode that Toby Whithouse has written that feels the most like him to me. Yeah. Because yeah. well well you've never even you've never seen being human. Like this felt like being human. Like mm. the characters that he created in this felt straight out of his voice and his head. And it was awesome and I so want him to take this show over. <laughs> I really do too. I mean, well that's the thing I was talking about with I was talking with Cassandra about it earlier today. I'm like there's nothing that I can think of that feels like a Toby Whithouse episode. Like, you know, you know, the the Hinchcliffe home era had a bunch of possession and and Davies was a lot about the fun big bombastic adventure and character relationships and Moffat's always about space time. Um there's nothing that I can say that really pins down a Whithouse episode for me. Like he's so eclectic and old school in that he can kind of do anything really solid Mm because i don't think he does amazing episodes i think he does really really good ones Mm -hmm. um and honestly for me right now i'm ready to just have really really good episodes rather than you know the up and down of this season right um because i would rather have you know what i would rather have a showrunner that has a solid 13 episode run of just solid good episodes than the up and down of Stephen Moffat's show running career. Definitely. I mean, cause that's why like at the end of the day, like I loved season five and this is something I've been thinking about. Like I loved season five. I thought season five was so good, but if you compare season five to season four, season four is just this great, like there's not a bad episode in season four. Season four is so perfect. Like even the weaker episodes. Like I think Ood is a little bit weaker, and I, I think that, I don't like Agatha Christie. I love Agatha Christie. I think it's so much fun. Um, but like I don't, I don't know. I think that it's so cool how they're trying all these different things, and none of them are really failing. And I feel that like comparing this, and we're spe- steering towards like this more overarching thing, but I guess that's okay. Comparing this, like when I talk about Doctor Who, that is really strong characters and really strong emotional content, but also a really good story. Like compare like the high that I'm on, on Dr. Who right now over the course of last week and this week, like this is all I want. I mean, it's, it seems like it's a lot to ask, but really it's not because compare these two episodes to like the Gatiss episode 
but more specifically the Thompson episode, mm-hmm. the Pirates episode had no business being in the season. It didn't do anything. But this episode and last week's episode, like both of them contribute to this notion that Amy's about to leave the TARDIS. If if you know the first if Amy's first season is more about Amy kind of um you know, growing into her own and be, being a woman who will go to her wedding and not run away, then this is a lot about Amy learning to leave the doctor behind. And, like, between, like, last week and this week, they're really developing it, but, like, I wish that they'd done more of it over the season. And it's so depressing that they haven't. It's very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's sad. It's sad. So, yeah. Yeah, I, um, alright, so let's, this, this is a phenomenal episode, and... Like I like all the characters and everything, but let's let's talk about Amy and Rory's departure. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, do you think they're really gone? No, you don't. No, they'll be back. Okay, that, they're not going to be back next week. But I mean, and I ha- granted this is not. I mean, I I I won't say the spoiler of the last episode's title if you haven't heard it. Um, next week's is called Closing Time, in case you're wondering. Um, but I don't know anything about what's coming up in the rest of the season. I really don't. I don't know anything about the finale. I don't even know the premise. I don't know anything. Uh, I'd be shocked if they're not in the finale. Um, I mean, I'd, I'm. I, they're not going to be in next week. I'd be shocked if in they're, they're in next week. But they're not gonna. They're, there's no way they're not gonna be in the finale. I'd be shocked. I'd be really surprised. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to just say, like, look, I love Amy and Rory, but their story's done, yeah. and I want them to be not in the show anymore. Like, I don't want them to come back. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. I just, no, I, I, I'm I, kind I, of done. I'm kind. I like. I'm ready. Like, here's the thing: if at the end of next week, uh. The doctor invites Craig and his and his girlfriend or maybe wife at this point. I don't know. Um, I haven't heard what the status of their relationship is um, currently. But if he invites them on the TARDIS as his new companions, I couldn't possibly be happier <laughs> because I love me some Craig. Agreed. I really Agreed. do. Um, really also, fun. like after Rory and knowing – like let's be honest – Moffat writes male characters better than he writes female ones. That's not, I mean, like maybe that's slightly sexist, but it's probably not his fault. He is a dude. So of course he's going to write dude characters (laughs) better (laughs) than female ones because he's not a girl. Um, That's just, that's just, that's just biology. Uh, (laughs) So like knowing that and knowing that Rory was the stronger character between him and Amy, I kind of I and and just my desire for more male long-term companions on Doctor Who. Um cuz it's always like a Bond girl. That's what it that's what it's felt like since the yeah. show has come back is it's a Bond girl. Yeah. And so like I would love to see Craig be a companion because your main companion would then be a guy. So you would have a stronger written character because that's that's just that, Moffat just writes male characters better. And it'd be, it'd be something that I've been wanting for a long time. So like, and if it's not Craig, it's not Craig, but I do want uh, new companions and, um, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I'm ready to move on from Amy and Rory. I just am. And they're really like, they did a good job now of, um, of wrapping Amy and Rory. Like their storyline was very strongly wrapped up, especially between last week and this week. And I love that, um, 
you know, it almost feels off that they're going, that they're leaving in this episode. Um, you, cause you, one for you, cause you don't expect it, but also because, you know, the doctor does unceremoniously just kick them from the TARDIS, um, uh-huh. which he'd only done previously two times, um, with, uh, Sarah Jane and with, um, Susan. Um, so it's, so that's, that's interesting to me. And it's also interesting because like, I don't know, I feel like they have to come up and just wrap up River Song somehow because I don't feel like that's, that's, I mean, there's going to be more River Song. I'd be shocked if there's but not. My, but here's my question about that though. Is it going to be the Amy and Rory that we, that he left or will it be a past Amy and Rory? Cause I fully expect Amy and Rory to be back, but it being the ones that we met in, you know, being the ones from the, the, from the premiere. Right. We'll see. I don't know. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to find out. Um, cause, cause that's one of the things is like Moffat in this episode, cause it, you know, it's not a Withouse decision. It's not like Kobe Withouse is like, I'm going to write out the companions. And Moffat's like, wait a minute, what? And then Withouse does it anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it was very much a Moffat decision because this is Moffat's story. Whether or not Moffat is writing it as completely as he should is, is up for debate, but it is Moffat's story. Um, it is a very specific departure and it is a very evocative sort of turn of events. And, you know, because you were, ex- I mean, I was expecting Amy and Rory to last through the rest of the season. I mean, I don't think anyone w- who wasn't. And I think that you know what? I okay. I'm going to say that I wasn't expecting it. But if I'd actually just thought about it, I probably would have guessed that they wouldn't be on the show. That they would have left at the end of God Complex because I can't imagine Amy and Rory interacting with Craig. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think that like. Because I was always thinking, I was like, oh, wait, so this is a um, a companion light story. Like, it's got to be, right? Because uh, The Lodger's a very companion light story. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, it's it's kind of been in my mind, and I was like, well, how are they going to deal with it? Um, but I think that they, I don't know, they just really subverted my expectations, and now I'm at a point in the show where I'm like, well, anything could happen next. Um and I don't know where they're going to go because, like, the one sort of anchor that we've had this whole season has kind of been Amy and Rory. And mm-hmm. now that they're not around anymore, it's just I, – I, I'm really curious to see what happens next with the Doctor and with – you know, I, 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 again, I think they're going to come back. Um, I don't know if they should. Uh, but um, really it's, it's going to be interesting should. to see. I, I don't know. It feels like there is a whole dangling thing where um, – the Amy and Rory being the parents of River Song has never been super explored. Um, it's it almost feels like they were just Amy, River's parents just to make her River's parents, which I find hugely problematic. Um, so I mean, it is a huge dangling plot thread because I mean, I guess they were just like, well, we raised Melody by growing up with her, but that still feels kind of like I don't know. Wouldn't they have been more interested to be more active in their child's life? They kind of like drop that whole plot point which i think is kind of a problem mm-hmm. um something i really think that like if the story of amy and rory feels unfulfilled because i think it feels absolutely fulfilled except for that one part right and because moffat has made that such a part i mean that's the whole ending to good man goes to war and that was a big part of like this is the thing that we're going to be doing and this is who river is like that's almost felt like a completely neglected plot point at this point like yeah. especially because let's kill hitler completely wrapped that up um and i feel like it's just this dangling thread that they haven't really touched upon that feels unfulfilled and that's why i think they have to come back in the finale um because otherwise i'm completely with you i think that 
you know, Rory couldn't have gotten out of the TARDIS faster, which I love, especially after last week. Um, and Amy's kind of like, you know, the doctor breaks his faith in her. Um, but there's still that vestige, which I love. I loved that last shot of Amy still looking out the window. Um, that was such a brilliant decision by Nick Curran or Toby Whithouse. I don't remember. I don't know who did the, the choice, but it was a good choice. Um, I still feel like it's unresolved. And I think that they do need to come back for that, um, which is lame. But yes. Yeah, I because uh, I mean, that's the thing is like in the girl who waited, we got, you know, the 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 conclusion of, you know, we got closure of Amy and Rory and Rory and the doctor. And then this week we got the conclusion of Amy and the doctor. So mm-hmm. the only thing left is Amy and Rory and River. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's – I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really don't – I don't want them to be companions again. That's what no, I, I don't want. Yes, I agree. I think that, like, they should come back in the way that Martha comes back. Um, but I think that in terms of their time on the TARDIS, I'm done with them. They've done it. They they ran the course, and it's it's over. I mean, they don't have anything else to do. Like, they really wrap the story for them. Um, and they don't, they don't need to do anything else with them. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's also an interesting twist for the doctor, especially because like now he almost has to pay the piper and stuff with what he's doing. Um, cause God, I, lo- to- I love that final shot. Oh God. It's such a good shot. Especially, I don't know. It's so, I, it's, it's so- just a full weight of the, the, of the, of Amy being absent, hitting him. Yeah. And him just being like, oh, God, this sucks. Like, it it feels like watching that feels like, and I, I don't know, like, like anyone who's been in a relationship for a really long time, and then that relationship ends, no matter what the reasoning for it is, when well, the first time that you're in a situation where you would normally have been with that person that you were always with, and then you're in that situation for the first time by yourself, it just hits you exactly like that scene did. Mm-hmm. And it was just, mm-hmm. it was like, oh god, I feel it. Like I just, I just totally felt the doctor in that moment. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good, good, good choice. And I, I mean, it's real. I love that Whithouse got to do this because I don't think. I mean, granted, I'm not super familiar with Whithouse's work, but like, Whithouse does do such good character work, and like, it's it's so fortunate that he did it because he he just dialed into all the things that made it, and it's. Yep. It just worked, and I love how much it ended up working. I mean, this was like, this was probably my most anticipated episode of the year. Um, like, I'm not gonna lie, it was probably my most anticipated one, more so than the Gaiman, because pre Gaiman I wasn't like super super familiar or hot on Gaiman. Um, but like this one, like, just delivered on everything I could have known, and then constantly surprised me, which is even better. Um, yeah, and I, just, I love that. I really love that because Woodhouse's um, episode in season five, Vampires in Venice, was like the dark horse of that season. Yeah, where it definitely. was just like that was so good, and it had no right to be that good. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it was fun and exciting, but like if you think about it, in the weaker half of that season, like easily in the weaker half. Mm-hmm. But this is like I don't know. I think Doctor's Wife is better, and um, Girl Who Waited is probably better, but I think I liked this more than The Girl Who Waited. Um, just because, like, last week I couldn't stop thinking about The Girl Who Waited, and now, like, it's completely gone from me. Like, I just... 
I don't know, it just felt so much more Doctor Who to me. Just classic, fun, exciting, emotional, psychological, thriller, scary, funny, Mm -hmm. clever. Everything that I could ever want out of Doctor Who was right here. Mm -hmm. Um, Much in the same way as everything I could ever want out of Doctor Who is in The Doctor's Wife. Yeah. Um, just just phenomenal. Just so, so, so good. Um, and again, super sad that the rest of the season isn't this good. Because imagine if someone like Whithouse was writing characters like the way that you should be writing on television with, you know, constantly moving towards an end goal, constantly coming up with good, strong ideas, rewriting your scripts. Because, like, you know, again, not a lot of Moffat in this. This didn't feel like a Moffat story in any way. Um Maybe with the Amy and the Rory, but nothing else beyond that. And you could tell that Moffat didn't rewrite this very much. Um, oh, you, oh want... you could totally tell because this was so Whithouse's voice. Yeah. And, like, if this is Whithouse's voice, then god damn do I want Whithouse Doctor Who. Like, so bad just to see what he'd do with it. Because, uh-huh. I mean, I again, I don't think it'd be the highs that the Moffat era is. I mean, maybe it would be because... You know, Whithouse hasn't gotten to do the all-important big story that Moffat gets to do. Like, Moffat in Pandorica kind of proved how cool Moffat could be. Um, I'll say this. I'll say this about Whithouse. When being human goes out, it always goes out on a huge bang. Oh, sweet. Like, huge, and it's always, always, always character-driven, not plot. That's so good. That's so what I want to hear. Because I'm so, like... I mean, I love a good plot, but I'm so sick of plot being the thing that Stephen Moffat's mm-hmm. the most interested in. And, like, I love his plots. I think his plots are very strong and very... He always comes up with something really cool to do, like the first 15 minutes of Good Man Goes to War or um, or the structure of Girl in the Fireplace. But... Um, or even the structure of the Big Bang and the Pandorica opens. Like, he always knows how to tell a really good story. But his his character work's been so lacking. And the Moffat, like, or the Whithouse, like, Whithouse, like, even in um, Vampires in Venice, there's a big focus on Amy and Rory and how Amy's kind of in trouble the whole time and Rory's starting to conflict with the Doctor. Like, thinking about all those moments, like, it just, it feels so right. And even School Reunion, like, School Reunion is a big discussion of Rose and the Doctor versus Sarah Jane and the Doctor and, as a result, like, the larger discussion of the Companion and the Doctor. And, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that's just, it's so amazing to watch Whithouse with his characters. And, like, I just, I'm ready for that, man. I'm ready for Whithouse to take over. I'm ready for that to happen. It's probably not. It's probably going to be Gatiss, which is unfortunate. But, like, even then, that's going to make the Whithouse stuff seem that much better. Um, man, that's going to be a dark time for Doctor Who. If it happens. If it happens. God, um, not. Then again, Gatiss will probably still be hiring Whithouse, um, which is okay. Um, that's true. Which which should be cool. I would rather it be the other way around. <laughs> no, absolutely agreed. But I I just I really like I don't know this this because like even the Tom McRae stuff like the Tom McRae I loved the Tom McRae last week I really did but like that was trying and you could tell that it's really pushing towards a good character place and the work paid off you know the work really did a good Amy discussion um, but you could really tell that he's putting characters in a situation where they have to kind of deal with something with the wit house. It feels so organic in that you don't even realize what he's doing until you're like most of the way through the episode. And you're like, Oh crap. He's writing out Amy. Like, 
And that's amazing. Like, that's the sort of stuff that I really like. And I don't, you know, like, Amy's Choice is very much, like, trying to build a character description out of it. um, Or a character development thing. But this, like, was so effortless. And I love that. Um, It's just, God, this is so good. It's so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Toby Woodhouse is so good. You know, really he, is. And, and you know what, like, I, you know, not for nothing, but I, I really wanted Toby Woodhouse season, but you know what this did for me? Like, I'm watching this and I'm just like, when's being human coming back? Because <laughs> 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 I just, I missed his voice. I missed his voice and I love his mm-hmm. characters. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, I really want being human to come back. I think yeah. it's coming back in January, but. Which is awesome. Yeah. I'm going to try and catch up to, I can join back up on it oh um, god especially because it's only like 24 episodes right yeah yeah oh yeah i'll, I'll do that I'll catch it's like up on it's that. like six eight and eight i think oh badass yeah i could totally catch up on that yeah yeah um one thing i also wanted to mention because i forgot about it um holy crap i love practical creatures oh my like, god dude i know i know like I remember, because I saw the clip at the beginning. I, I saw the clip at Comic Con when um the nerdy guys talking into the uh, the micro the sonic screwdriver. I saw that clip at Comic Con with a with a minotaur like scrapes its head against the a ceiling and stuff. Uh huh. I just I love really cool puppet creatures uh-huh. like characters based on puppetry and and like moving parts and like real fur and hair. Um, like that tactile experience. I just, I love that. Yep. And it's something that I don't see enough, but I see it in Doctor Who and every time they do it, it's awesome. Um, yes. Especially because there haven't been a lot of creatures this season. Um, it's mostly been like, I feel like if it's been, it's been robots or CGI because the gangers were CGI um, and uh, the dolls were kind of like large, but they didn't have that you know, like, you know, this thing, like, you look at it and you just feel like, I don't want to touch this thing because it probably hasn't bathed in a while. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing, too, about Toby Woodhouse. Look mm-hmm. back at all of his episodes. They all have creatures. Yeah. He's a big yeah. fan of, of, of you know, Doctor Who monsters. And that seems... I'm pro to, that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Expect- Bring it. Yeah, especially because like all the stuff that I like from classic Who, like the 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 Hinchcliffe Holmes stuff, is always like the crinoids or the um or the or the the Weirin from uh, uh, Ark in Space or um or even uh, uh what's what's the phrase even or robots of death or like those Vok robots or the Mandragora, just like I love those and I feel mm-hmm. like we don't there's not there's like we have them sometimes but I love big creatures. Um, and you don't, and Doctor Who is the place that I'm going to get them. And I'm kind of disappointed when they don't have them, yeah. but, uh, I love, I love this thing. It felt like something out of a del, del Toro movie. Um, oh, yeah. totally. and I love those, like those, that sort of like special effect is something that I feel like we should get more of all the time. Um, yeah. we don't get enough of, it's a shame. It's true. I think it's because it's kind of expensive. but probably, but I don't care. Cause this, cause Doctor Who right now is so expensive. It shouldn't matter. Right, <laughs> totally. I I I'll, uh, I also want to say that like uh, like okay we've we've talked about and I and I still I, I'd still be curious to see what this would be like, but we've talked about um, uh, the master and how we feel like the master is really great in theory, but in most cases like not so much in execution. 
Yeah. Um, as a character, and we've always been, we've talked about how like we're really curious about what Moffat would do with the Master. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and call it and say that he'll never ever do anything with the Master, um, mm. because it just doesn't seem like a thing that he's interested in. But dear God, do I want to see Toby Woodhouse work with the Master? Yeah, I can't even imagine because his character work is so good. Like I can't even imagine what that would be like. Yeah, yeah, that that's really that's that'd be really cool. And it's and his stories are always so interesting. Like the structure of this is so it's such a good mystery. And it also like you know, while yeah, like it's just like even this one, like this one has a good sort of subversion where like some one of the big selling points that people tried to sell me on with the pirates episode was that um, the doctor is constantly getting things wrong. You know. Mm-hmm. But like, because because in the Moffat stuff, he's always kind of right, which is fine because Moffat doesn't have time for the Doctor to be wrong in the way that he tells his story so fast, which is fine. Um, but the but they they kind of made up for that by you know having the Doctor be wrong every five minutes in Pirates. Ugh. But in this, the Doctor is wrong, and it didn't, and it felt like so organic. Yeah. Um, and I just I love that. Like it's such a it's such a small thing, but. You know, as soon as the doctor realizes that this monster's feeding on faith, which, by the way, phenomenal. Um, just like I was so like I was so like, oh, we were wrong. Oh, snap! The doctor got wrong, but like it wasn't overplayed. It was just like, oh, the doctor made a terrible mistake, and now he's got to fix it. I loved that. That was so strong. Absolutely. In, in pirates, there's no there's no stakes for him getting anything wrong. He just keeps getting things wrong, and he's like, oh, let's stop the siren. But like this is uh, this just, it's just better. It's just. It's just like again, anything you could ever want out of a Doctor Who story in this. And I'm sad that we don't have more cuz even this is like this does the balance of a standalone Doctor Who story cuz it is a very standalone Doctor Who story while also doing larger serialized story. Mm-hmm. And there's been so much of you get one or the other. Like even last week was, you know, very standalone without being into the serialization. Um, and then Night Terrors was completely standalone, and um, uh, The Pirates was very standalone. Like, this just had that perfect balance that's so hard to get right on Doctor Who, and that's that's good. It's just... Mm, yeah, I love that. It really is. And love the thing that. about the Doctor being wrong, and I think the reason why it was so perfect in this and so awful in the Pirates episode is that... When the Doctor was wrong every five minutes in the Pirates episode, ultimately there was no stakes because everyone survived. In this, he was wrong and it killed the the, the, the girl that he really wanted to be his next companion. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, it just meant more here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially because, like, they really did a good job of building up her character and the character. Like, maybe not even the gambling character, although even then I kind of got a really good sense of him. Um, mm-hmm. Or the conspiracies kid, even though I did get a good sense from him. Um, but, like, just he did such a good job of building up these characters and then kind of killing them off and really giving that stakes to the Doctor and and just really good character work. Um, also, uh, real quick... Um, and th- maybe I'm wrong about this, but did you get the feeling that the dummies were the uh, spirits of those who had been taken by the Minotaur creature? Wow, no, not at all. Okay, because when he when the because 
because I, I was talking about it with Cassandra earlier today because I was rewatching it and she, I was kind of giving a running commentary with her and um and she was and I was like did you get that feeling and she's like no I just thought that was what he was scared of I was like well that's a hell of a thing to be scared of because he got the big ballroom that doesn't seem fair um because <laughs> I didn't think he was scared of the of the dummies but I thought that the dummies were just those who had fallen and they just put him in the ballroom and made them act creepy because they had all lost their minds I don't oh, know it's just something I thought of that's I don't think that's I don't think that's what it is, but it's it's an interesting choice because um all the dead people were laid out on that little platform and all the dummies were sitting there too. I just thought it was an interesting decision and probably not right, but it's just like that's what it was to me and I think that I mean, I don't I don't know if that's what that was Woodhouse's intention, but it's just something that I read into that I thought was kind of cool. Oh. Um I don't know, it could be wrong. Yeah. It's interesting. This was so, I never this was I, so. it never it never thought crossed my mind. But yeah, the, no, the movie or I mean the episode was the episode was shot beautifully. Lots of wide lenses. I don't know if you noticed that, but like it oh, made yeah. the really good use of cuz you know that you know that hallway is like a typical television hallway where it's like literally 10 feet long, but the sh- the way that Heron shot it was all wide lenses so it looked much longer than you'd expect it to. Uh-huh. Um which was so smart. Just just Good choices all round by Heron. Yeah. Um, strong directing. Strong, and especially, like, the way he shot the Minotaur was so good. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, you know, when, when you first kind of see it, it's all in, it's got good lighting, and it's, you know, you don't quite see it all the way. You are you see it through, like, a waterfall or, or a fishbowl. Like, I just, I love those really stylistic touches like that that were all really strong. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm ready for another Toby Woodhouse episode. Yeah, if he's not writing for next season, I don't know what I'll do. Yeah. I'll throw something. Yeah. We get two Thompson episodes instead. Cause, oh, God. <laughs> don't even joke about that. Um, well, I mean, thankfully, it seems that in Doctor Who, uh, unless you're the showrunner, you tend to only write one episode or one story a season. Yeah. Well, he could give Thompson a two-parter. That's what I mean. Oh, well. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe he writes better in two-parters. I don't know. No, no, because that Sherlock episode still sucked. Oh, God, it did. It really did. It sucked and it felt long. Ugh. Okay, let's not talk about... Oh, God, I'm not looking forward to having to watch his next episode. <laughs> Awful. Um, but But, yeah, so there's that. And they're shooting the Christmas special right now. So finally, finally shooting the Christmas special. Yeah, which I'm okay with. I mean, it just means that they're pushing. They were doing that to just shuffle the the shooting schedule. So now the Christmas special is going to come out in Christmas. They're going to have two and a half months of posts. It's going to be fine. Yeah. So eh, it's cool. Yeah. At least we know that there is going to be a Christmas special this year. So <laughs> that's happening for reals. Yeah, and it's cool because you know we're gonna we're gonna end this. The first week of October, and uh, we, we, you know, we're gonna have like barely three months before the next episode, which is nice. Two and a half, really. Yeah, which is so. nice. That's nice. Of course, yeah. after that, we're gonna have like you know eight eight months. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like they've confirmed it, but it, there's no way they're gonna have a season ready by spring. No way. There's no way. Summer gonna... at the very earliest. Yeah, and, and that's would gonna be, be third. Yeah, and it's going to be 13. God, I want them to do a 13-episode season again, because that momentum really crushed this season. Yeah, it really did. Really crushed it. Well, we'll talk about that in two weeks. Yeah, when we talk about the season as a whole. Yeah. 
Um, all right. That'll be a long episode. Yeah, well. <laughs> so uh, next week's closing time. So excited. So oh excited. Oh, my God. I'm excited for the return of Craig. I love Craig. I love him. And, and Cybermen. Yeah. And and, and uh, what are those things? Cybermats. Cybermats. Did you see it? I saw it. I saw it. Oh, God. I'm so excited. And uh, the doctor in a department store, which you just I'm know is going to lead to fun times. Hell, yeah. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Also, can we talk about the jacket? Can we talk about the jacket? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on with the jacket? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Why? Well, here's the thing. This one was shot after the Pirates episode, but, like, I don't know. Like, if you're going to introduce a new jacket, introduce it or don't. Don't, don't keep teasing me with it. Yeah, because it's like, back next week. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like this episode was intended to be before the girl who waited. Um, cause that wouldn't make any sense. I don't know. Right. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Although I do know something about, uh, next week that I don't want to spoil. Um, that's good. I'm not, I'm not going to say it, but it, it to yourself. next week is more interesting because I'm expecting that. Like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next week and how Moffat's going to deal with that. Okay. So. We'll talk about it more. Also, one more thing before we leave. I almost forgot. That was the worst gorilla I've seen in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) It was like straight out of Zookeeper. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that's literally a guy in a gorilla costume you could buy at a Halloween store. I'm like, Which they probably did. Yeah, I was like, wow, they didn't even really try. That's, I mean, they couldn't just get a gorilla. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Gorillas are expensive. Trust me. <laughs> I know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it's just like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> to be fair, they didn't really need to spend that much money on it because it's only in for like two seconds. So yeah, I mean that's true. It just it looked really awful. It really it really did. <laughs> also, the best use of I love I love that there was a clown with a balloon, and that was like the big selling point of the episode. And he the clown with the balloon literally amounted to the cheese guy from that dream episode of Buffy. Totally, <laughs> that was the best decision ever. Oh my god, I love like, the sad balloon clown. And Amy's like, don't talk to the clown. So it's not like they didn't know that it was there or Whithouse. Like, Whithouse literally wrote that in just to be like, eh, there would be someone who's afraid of this. <laughs> Which is, that's awesome. That's so awesome. I love that. Ugh, so good. So good. All right. Well, that's that. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next week with closing time. Matt, where can people find you on the interwebs? Well, you can find me on the interwebs over at Twitter, twitter.com slash Gungadin, where I tweet regularly. Um, you can also find me over at my alternate Twitter account, GD Commentary, where I live tweet such things like Sunday Trek. And we have new memes, which I can't repeat because they're very offensive. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be using more memes because I'm a pro meme. Um, 
You can also find me over at uh, my blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I review classic stories. Uh, last week was The Wheel in Space, which Cassandra did a lovely write-up on discussing why the Cybermen had no business in a story about Cybermen. Um, and uh, I'm talking this week about Frontier in Space, which is a space opera Pertwee master story with a space prison. So hopefully we'll see how that goes, and it goes well. I don't know. I didn't like it so much the first time. Hopefully I'll like it more this time. Scott. Uh, you can find me at geekshowentertainment.com, of course, on uh, audio blogs this week. Uh, myself, Matt, and Cassandra, we reviewed uh, Attack the Block, which is the uh, alien invasion uh, South London film by Jack Joe Cornish. And uh, we also uh, reviewed Drive. Um so uh, that's the that's the new one with uh, Ryan Gosling, and so you can go check out our reviews of those on GeekShowEntertainment.com. Also, our other podcast, Movie Night at Geek Show. Um, this past week we did uh, Time Bandits. This week we're doing Unforgiven, and uh, and announcing our slew of uh, October, uh, you know, horror films for Halloween. Good stuff. Which, good stuff. if you're interested. Which, if you're interested in, recommend some horror movies. Yeah. We have aliens, we have zombies, and we have vampires, so none of that. Right. But uh, And I know that means that you're basically limited to... Uh, Ghosts, werewolves, and demonic the from things? The, Black, the creature from the Black Lagoon. The creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> uh, which we will watch. No, we um, won't. No. Yeah, we will. Nope. No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veto that. I have <laughs> supreme veto of Scott's veto power. It's like a Congress thing. Um. I don't know. Just recommend something. I'm interested to see more horror movies, so check. So call them in. I'm All right. Interested. Yeah, and you can do that by uh, following us on Twitter, um, and and you can just you can just at reply me and tell me your suggestion. I'm uh, Twitter.com/slash Scott Corelli. All right. Uh, we'll see you next week with uh, with uh, closing time and the return of Craig Owens. Yes. <laughs> Craig and Sophie. Yes. Do we know if Sophie's in this one? Um, she's on the Wikipedia page. Well, that's about as reliable as IMDb. So, really reliable? <laughs> exactly. Peter Davison is totally going to be in this season finale, didn't you know? Oh, yeah. I'll try it. Oh, shit. Spoilers. Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> that's probably not true, guys. Don't, don't send us angry emails. <laughs> It's not true. I'd be if seriously if Peter Davison if Peter Davison was in this in the finale, I will give every listener a dollar. If he's in it, I will give every listener a dollar. That that is that's rough times. Okay, <laughs> let's don't. I'm not. Don't hold me to that. But I really don't <laughs> believe he's going to be in the finale. Anyways, you're just like wait. If he is, I owe every listener a dollar. I don't have a hundred dollars, guys. I don't have a hundred dollars. I'm sorry. It's a lot more than a hundred. Um, oh, snap. Just saying. Uh, all right. So, uh, guys, we'll see you next week with closing time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.